Welcome to Cooler News, your go-to resource for insights and content straight from KPS Global. So welcome to another episode of Cooler News Podcast presented by KPS Global. And on this episode, we have Jeff Monroe, who is the Director of Supply Chain. And Jeff, thank you so much for being here. This is going to be a very enlightening talk, I think. Yeah, I appreciate it, Bobby. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So you, we've got this big, giant term, kind of the most searched term on the internet, it seems like. We've all forgotten our uh, high school and college economics class of inflation. Right. It, it's it's a real thing. I mean, my Xbox isn't here and my uh, coffee costs five times as much. But that's, uh, you know, that's that's the small scale inflation. Talk to us about it in your world, how inflation is going to and has been affecting uh, your industry. Yeah, it's been it has been a really uh, interesting ride over the past, I guess, year and a half, two years. And we had a 2020 when when COVID was really in its in full swing. We had all the supply in the world. Our prices were great. Uh, there actually our costs were dropping. Really? Um, but there wasn't a whole lot of demand. Right. We there wasn't a, a demand for our product at the time. Fast forward that to 2021 and, and, and at present, and demand is, is really, really strong. And couple that with the, with the price increases, and, and it, it's making stuff extremely difficult to, to get, and especially at a reasonable price. And, and that's, that's an interesting thing that I think nobody really thought about. So we've got this inflation outlier, and you were saying that there was no demand at some point, and then very quickly the switch flipped as it were and your demand yeah. skyrocketed what what did you see that made that demand rise to make everyone go uh oh we we've got an issue here i think people were were now more comfortable it was a normal things were were normalizing mm-hmm. Re- businesses realized okay we still need to invest we can still invest this isn't the end of the world yeah. um and, and we can plan accordingly i i think executives were very effective at planning and and they made those those adjustments, right? Those course corrections, and so things happen. Plans started to to fall into place again. Normal business, and actually picked up business to make up for the the lag uh, of of twenty twenty. So that we we saw that pretty rapidly, actually. So everything's going great. Everything's wonderful, and it seemed it seems like everybody's been saying that, like, yeah, there was this weird blip. You know, the pandemic doesn't really seem to f- change anything. And now we're going like gangbusters. But yeah. now we don't have our, is it raw materials, manufactured materials, uh, finished products? What what are we um, kind of slow it's on? It's a combination. It's a combination of it. So we, uh, we purchase both finished goods, obviously, and pass those through along for our customers, but then also our raw materials. What we're seeing, though, is the raw materials are, are primarily the issue driving even the finished goods. It's, it's spiking lead times, and, and folks are having to completely redefine their supply chain, which it's, I think that's a good thing. I think, if anything, COVID is, has showed us how fragile the supply chain really is and how it, we're very comfortable with how things were and we didn't change it. And we realize now that that's not going to cut it. Right. You see a lot of the how the supply chain works and, you know, the the bottleneck could be a, a boat turning left when it should have turned right or mm-hmm. that truck's got a flat tire and there's no tires. So, uh, sorry, that's <laughs> <Right>. it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's like, really, that that's our supply chain. OK, got it. We'll, we'll figure this out. 
But when you, when I want to talk about materials a little bit because, you know, they come from everywhere. And I know that that's kind of oversimplifying the statement, but everywhere has a lot of issues that are not always a common um, concern. And you, you've mentioned sanctions in the past. And, and this is something that, that the average person doesn't really think about of economic sanctions affecting their businesses here. How is that something that is uh, changing the way that you are dealing with customers and uh, construction? Yeah, what's really interesting, when you, when you take sanctions at face value, think, okay, this is going to directly impact company X, or, or mm-hmm. country X, rather, and person X who's being sanctioned. Um, but what's, what's happening, though, is there's more of a shift that's happening. So for lumber, with lumber, for instance, so if we're talking Russia now, Russia is, they're the world's largest exporter of softwood lumber. We use a lot of lumber in our product. And, and I don't think folks realize quite the volume that Russia exports. Now, most of that, 50% of that plus, it goes into China. Uh, the U.S. gets, it's basically a rounding error, what we get. Um, but then there are other countries in Europe. They, they've taken a fair amount of, of Russian product. So Europe, they have some products, European spruce, European pine, and they're actually shipping a fair amount of that. It was incrementally increasing over the past three years into the U.S. And that was offsetting some of the, uh, the lumber that we get from, from Georgia, from Canada, from, from these different locations. And it was a competitive price, good quality. But what happens when, you issue with, when there are sanctions now on Russian lumber? Who can't buy Russian lumber anymore? Europe. So they have to fill that void. And so they stop exporting. They maintain domestic, you know, they keep their production, but they keep that, that uh, material in country now. So the U.S. is having to uh, either increase production or there's going to be a shortage. Or we take more from Canada. Right? There, it's, it is a shift. You're not going to necessarily lose that volume anymore but you're now having to get it from different locations. And there might be cost differences in that. There certainly are. Um, And it takes a bit of time for that to flow through the supply chain, but we're seeing that today. And if you look at the lumber indices, they are really, really hard to to tell what it's gonna be in the next month, the next year. It's changing every single week. I look at the futures, and one week it tells me, hey, expect some heavy decreases in coming months. I look at it again the next week and it's it's at record levels. Oh, wow. So it's, it's that unstable right now. And lumber has historically followed, you know, a seasonal trend. Sure. That's not doing that anymore. And, and so we're having to redefine what this index means to us. So this, the lumber, you know, the, the layman's going to think, well, you can't just run down to Home Depot and buy a bunch of lumber. How hard can that be? But right. you're saying that the European companies, they're, you know, doing what most people do. Well, we're not going to be able to get any more lumber. So we need to hold on to it because we've got customers locally that mm-hmm. have to be supported. And I'm assuming that, you know, if you're changing logistics in your supply chain, it's not as easy as flipping a switch from, hey, we're getting it from Europe. No, now we're getting it from Canada. It's not just, oh, yeah, no big deal. The truck will be there tomorrow. It, it's, it changes a lot of, I'm assuming, duties and transportation and, and what yeah. else is those, those costs that have to be factored in? 
Yeah, so there, there's a lot of that. And ultimately, ultimately, what it comes down to is who's willing to pay the highest. Mm. And, and I think folks in companies, they, 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 there's this moral obligation that they feel. And we've seen that more now than ever. Wow. There's nobody telling you know, MasterCard, stop doing business in Russia. But what do they do? They stop doing business in Russia. There's this moral obligation that these folks are feeling to do that. So companies may, we're now having to take that into consideration as well, more than we've ever seen. So that, that, that's an interesting, that's an interesting dynamic that, that's going on right now. But because it is who's willing to pay the most, if there is going to be a shortage, it will be where folks aren't willing to pay the most. And, and eventually there comes a, you know, a, a point where it doesn't matter how much you're willing to pay. It's just not available. And, and we, we have seen some of those instances, fortunately not in lumber. Uh, we've seen it with stainless steel, uh, very heavily with stainless steel. Uh, that one's difficult to get. Um, and it doesn't matter the grade. It's, it's all stainless steel. You've got your 304, your 430, your 316. All of that is, it's nearly impossible or with extremely long lead times. Aluminum, we're having the same situation. Uh, we're, we've been able to secure it, but uh, it, it comes at uh, probably 4x the lead time it, it has been historically. Oh, wow. So, I mean, this, this, is, this is, you know, you said historic. And has this ever been something that was even in the back of anyone's mind of at some point, we're just going to be cut off. I mean, yeah, things take time. Sometimes there's a, a shortage or whatever, but the idea of I can't, I can't throw enough money to, at, at this problem to fix it. Was that right. ever something anybody had thought about? I don't believe, I mean, maybe we're starting to see that in store shelves. When, when you look at, at large companies that are, that are leasing full container ships and still their shelves are, are bare. Obviously, you know, cash is not is not filling those those shelves. There's there's a there's a limited supply right now, yeah. and and so we you know, we it'll be interesting to see what happens. We've got more and more dollars chasing few and fewer products, and and that's what inflation is. How does that now factor into? next quarter, next year, two years from now, when you're talking to your customers and bids are coming in, and it's like, we've got this new product mm-hmm. with an asterisk. Right. How do you, right. how do you have that conversation? I think at that point it goes down to standards and are we going to standardize materials and uh, use what we, what we're able to get and be creative. We've been able to do that at KPS. We, uh, we've really focused on standardizing as where it makes sense. We don't want to impact the customer where they have uh, uh, specs that are difficult to change, and we're cognizant of that. But where it makes sense and where we can, we go to standards, and okay. and we've we've been able to increase inventory, albeit it may take a little bit longer, and it and it reduces cash flow. We're going to do what we need to do to to support the customer, and and we've been we've been successful with it. Um, we've we've had some challenges, certainly. I think any company has. But uh, that, that's the, been the approach that we've been taking is how can we standardize on some items that we're pretty confident in and we know we can support. Give, give me an example of one of those, those standardizations that uh, you mm-hmm. mentioned. What, what, what is something that you've gone, well, okay, we're just going to, let's focus in this section here. 
Yeah, so electrical components, for instance, uh, there are you wouldn't you wouldn't think it right now, but actually electrical components are are very difficult to get, and some of them sure. you can't get. And so what we've had to do is how can we narrow that that subset of items? We may have fifty items for it at present, but how can we get that down? We're going to have the same you know form, fit, and function. You know, effectively, the item is materially the same, but we'll take it down to five items. Mm. And so ultimately what that, that allows us to be more agile and, and support our customers a little bit easier. What about innovation? I mean, that seems to be the, the kind of the, the growing silver lining to some of this long-term hiccup that everyone's facing. It's like, well, now I have to figure out a better way to do it. Now I finally can fix some problems and, yeah. and remove these Band-Aids and really get into it. What, what are some of the innovations that uh, KPS is coming up with? You know, another, I really like that question because often supply chain, you think of supply chain only when there's a problem. Right. And there's a problem right now. Everybody here is supply chain. It's obviously it's a problem. But what has that done for us? There is more investment going into supply chain than ever before. And so we, KPS, have found some tools that will enable us to be a lot closer, more collaborative instead of purely transactional with our suppliers. You look at systems like EDI and, and things, those are all transactional. And, and under normal circumstances, they, they would work great. But we're not in normal circumstances right now. So we are having to really formalize solid supplier partnerships, and, and there are tools for that. So we've started onboarding a new system, and that is now offering transparency into our Tier 1, Tier 2 suppliers that we didn't have before. So we, we have real-time visibility into our orders. We have all the confirmations. We have all of these things that um, we, we didn't have readily available previously. So that, that's one area that we've been uh, able to adopt in, in here recently. Others are our complete new ERP system, which uh, uh, has also offered more, more visibility. So if anything, what we are seeing is we need more visibility into what's happening. We can't just trust, you know, I, I like the Ronald Reagan uh, saying, trust but verify, hmm. right? And so that's what we're having to do, and, and that's what we are doing is, yeah, we, we sure, we trust you, and I, I think everybody owes, you know, deserves to be trusted if, if, if they're trustworthy. But um, we also want to verify these things. We need to know this for ourselves, and, and this is allowing us to do that. Right, because it, it was that, that old way of like, okay, I'm going to go to my vendor, Yep, I place an order. I'll get it relatively close to when you say it, and that was it. Mm -hmm. My my job is done. I can go home. But now it's uh, no, 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 no. I need to see a little bit more information. I need right. you know anything from what QR codes to you know even live footage. I need to see that thing getting off the truck, shipped mm -hmm. to my warehouse, please. Right. Yeah, because it's often happening where you'll get a confirmation for something to to be delivered. And then either the day that it's supposed to ship or maybe if you're lucky the day before you get noticed that, ah, sorry, it's not shipping. Well, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. We have installation lined up. We have customers informed. They're ready to go. We've got stores shut down or, or you know, a myriad of things that are going on. So we have to provide timely information that starts with the supply chain. And then that flows through our customer ops folks. And it flows to our installers and to our customers. And so it, it's all about timely information. 
And that timely information and that upped level of customer service, how are your customers responding to that? Is that helping them to see, okay, I get it, I, I believe you and you are taking the steps, or or mm-hmm. is it is it um, opening up new dialogue? I think it's opening up new dialogue. Um, we, we also saw during COVID people working from home, a lot of concerns, and some of the communication had struggled, and, mm-hmm. and we, we've recognized that. So we're taking that very, very seriously. It's one of our core values is, is responsiveness. And so we're taking that extremely seriously here in KPS. And part of this whole implementation that we've done with this, uh, this third-party um, source day company, that's, that's all tied into this responsiveness. We're actually going to be measuring suppliers now on it. Um, we're measuring ourselves on it. We're, we're, it this, is, this is taking us to the next level on how we manage suppliers and then also how we uh, work more closely with our customers and provide them the information they need. Oh, wow. So this, this is kind of almost, almost that paradigm shift in business that everyone's gone, well, this will take 25 years and now it's like, no, next week, please. Yeah, this has <laughs> got to happen. So you had talked about lumber, uh, stainless steel, two things that are, are pretty easy for most people to wrap their heads around. I mean, we, uh, we know in manufacturing what these things are. Even the, 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 the small manufacturer understands why this is important. But you've got um, some other materials like coiled metal, which this is in huge short supply or impossible to find. How is this becoming um, a, uh, a touch point for you uh, at KPS? Yeah, uh, we are very fortunate to have an exceedingly good partner when it comes to our standard coiled, coiled metal. A trade, trade name for what we use is Galvalume. And they, we work very closely with them. They work very closely with us. They have kept us supplied this whole time um, without hiccup, honestly. They, they've done a fantastic job for us. We also, so when it comes to the pricing mechanism on that, that, we, that we've worked out with them, we, we obviously look at futures. We look at, you know, London Metal Exchange for, for uh, the CRU or, or, or Gout, you know, whatever it may be. And what was interesting here about a month ago, we were seeing, uh, actually it started the, the first of the year and then where pricing was just, or cost rather was just, it, it was falling pretty healthy, pretty healthy, but uh, still not to levels that had been historically. Here recently that has reversed. And where futures were showing drastic declines, which we were thrilled about, you know, this is, it's about time. We started, we saw probably the delta between where it was, the decline was going to be to where it is now. It was probably 25, 50% difference. And that happened in the period of about a week, week and a half. Oh, wow. So, so that, that's, that's enough for not, not uh, more than a cause for concern. Yeah, yes, it is. And what we're hearing is obviously the automotive side, they're down, right? And, and this, the decline was direct correlation to them being down. They can't get chips. They can't produce vehicles. So, right. so galvanized steel is more readily available. I do not know exactly what happened to cause that shift, but there was certainly a, there was a bump, there was a blip and those declines are effectively gone. And what I'm noticing when I'm looking at indices when I'm looking at futures in particular, is they are a good 
pieces of information for directionally. They're, they're good directionally, right? But what's actually playing out is often very different. And, and that's been the concern that, that I've had is I, it's my responsibility as, as a director of supply chain to manage costs, to keep our costs low, to be able to offer a competitive price to our customers. And so we're looking at these things regular. And when I see things like that happen, that is cause for concern because it shows severe instability. That's what I see in the lumber market. I see a severe instability. You, you can't really plan for where it's going to be. It's, it's unstable. The same thing's happening in steel, though that's been, you know, stably increasing. Right. Um, I look at where it's going to be projected in, in Q3, it, you know, record levels, Q4. They say it's coming down, and, and that sounds good, but I will believe it when I see it. I think sure. uh, you can be pretty accurate about, uh, you know, three months out, one quarter out, but you get much further beyond that and, and, and I have, I've not been, uh, I've not seen accurate information. You, you keep talking about futures and planning ahead. Uh, it, it's, it's interesting having this talk when you normally, we would not be having this, um, speculative conversation as part of supply chain. I mean, we're thinking about the future. We're thinking about what's going on, but now we're talking about futures and, heavy duty economic things. What was that something that uh, is new for you and a lot of people in supply chain? Or has that always been something that's kind of been a secret weapon? I think it's been a bit of a secret weapon. Um, and folks who, you know, futures are used for hedging and, and, and things of that nature. Um, I don't necessarily get into that because that also implies a fair amount of risk. But it, I do believe it's good information to know uh, to, to be able to plan. Mm-hmm. And I, I love to be able to plan. I, I need to be able to plan where things are going to be. I don't want to pass along costs that, that aren't or cost increases and aren't going to materialize. But I also need to know where we're going to be as, as a business. And, and we have to make plans accordingly. That, that impacts budgets. That impacts everything. So that's what we're looking at frequently. It's on my dashboard all the time what these futures are going to, what what they're looking like, and, and also the indices. Some of them come out monthly. Some of them come out weekly. You know, some of them are updated every single day. But uh, I, I look at them all of all the time, and, and if anything, I, I feel uh, a better understanding of what our costs are. But what they're going to be, that's it's kind of rolling the dice a little bit, uh, a little bit, um, and and seeing where, where it's going to where it's going to fall. Okay. Well, to wrap it up, give us some, uh, give us some out positive outlook. Now that we've got, you know, supply chain, we've got our logistics, we've got sanctions, we've got materials, but there's some good coming in that, uh, uh, you can mention on. So, you know, take us out on that, that happy note that we know everything's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do think, uh, I think it's perspective and, and how you look at things. Again, this has provided an opportunity for supply chain that has never been there before. And so what an, what an opportunity to really build something that's, that's better than it's been and, and take it to the next level. This is that opportunity. And I think if folks are missing it, they are missing an awesome opportunity. There's, I, I, was, reading my, I was reading something earlier. It says, in every challenge, there's, a, there's an opportunity, right? Sure. And that's exactly what's happening today. I mean, we see some some companies performing extremely well, others not so much. 
And we can do the same thing at a more micro level within the individual supply chain. And I, I, I see it as an, as an incredible opportunity to gain better insight into the supply chain, to strengthen it, to build better relationships with suppliers, with customers, all of it. And, and, and that's where we're at. Do I, I think this is going to take years to, to materialize and to fully get through. When you look at the, the lead time of, of materials, often we think, Hey, it took, you know, let's say, let's say for a farmer, you know, it took them three months to grow this thing. They cut it. Then it gets to me, right? That's it's three month lead time. But what you don't realize is there's a heck of a lot upstream from that. And it takes years for stuff to get all the way through. So when you completely shut down a supply chain, it takes years to to work through the challenges that or, or shutting down the machine, if you will. Yeah. Um, fortunately, you know, we're a year and a half into it. And 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 I do see things improving. I, I see more. I see supply improving. I see though cost may take a little bit of time to catch up to that. I do th see things uh, getting better. Jeff Monroe, the Director of Supply Chain at KPS Global, thank you so much for coming on this episode and giving us a peek into our future as we change and innovate here at KPS. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, Bobby.